Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California professional firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve. Welcome to the CPF Firewire. I'm your host, Brian Rice. I'm the president of CPF. Today's guests are CPF Communications Director Carol Wills and our Deputy Communication Director Farah Dayani. And today we'll be talking to them about what brought them to CPF in this career and the things they found important in their communications career and the tips they can give us as firefighters as we go about our daily jobs. So I want to welcome Carol and Farah today. My pleasure. Pleasure Thank to be you. here. And I think I'd like to start with um, how, kind of how as an individual, how did you get here um, in your career? I know that um, you both had careers outside of the CPF and... Um, a lot of years. And so I'd like mm. to start, Carol, where did you start in, in broadcasting and communications and, and how did you end up at CPF? Well, uh, as you mentioned, Brian, I, I started out in, uh, in the news media. Um, I spent uh, roughly 20 years uh, in, uh, in radio and print journalism. I started uh, with a small radio station in, uh, in uh, uh, northern Florida, moved to central Florida and uh, eventually wound up covering the space shuttle program. Uh, and uh, in uh, Central Florida, which was quite exciting, um, uh, got married and moved to moved to Sacramento and uh, started covering politics. And I spent a lot of time, uh, probably fifteen years, covering politics in uh, at the state capitol, first in radio and then in uh, uh, for a magazine called the California Journal. And um, I uh, found myself kind of uh, looking for uh, an opportunity at what I thought would be um, an interest, you know, a, 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 a new challenge, but that might have uh, regular hours. And, and so I had the opportunity to go to CPF um, in, in 2000. And the challenge was definitely there, but the hours were not quite as regular as I expected <laughs> them to be. <laughs> but um, um, but it, was, it was quite exciting. And, um, and not long after I arrived, <clears throat> 9-11 happened, and uh, not long after that, we unveiled the memorial, and it was a period where the firefighter voice really, really came into its own, and firefighters really became visible. And so, uh, having the opportunity to co- to come and work with uh, with CPF was uh, was terrific, and it gave the opportunity to kind of. Um, uh, offer up the firefighter viewpoint on in a lot of different contexts, legislative as well as nonprofit. Uh, working with the Jack, um, it really has been uh, quite a ride, and we've been through some highs and lows. Uh, went through the recall, which was uh, which uh, was a, a a time of of great challenge, but great learning for for me and for the organization. And then we've had uh, obviously some great victories uh, over the years as well. Carol, how many years at CPF? Uh, since since two thousand, so I'm uh, in my eighteenth year. Eighteenth year. Yes, and uh, and I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine working for uh, for an organization and an institution that um, uh, offers more uh, more gratification and more encouragement than uh, than working in the fire, you know, for the firefighters and uh, and really being in in some small way part of the fire service. Fair, I know that um, your tenure here kind of started when mine did, and you know, what was your um, how did you how, kind of how did you end up here? What did you do before? Where where did you envision yourself? And and how does this kind of fit where you want to be in life? 
Well, if you can believe it, I started off as a field organizer on a congressional campaign years ago, um, and I really, I'm glad I started off that way because I really understood that you need to organize people and the importance of organizing people to understand the issues that you're fighting for. And then on to, after that, I ended up as a tracker on a campaign. And basically what I did was opposition research and uh, followed the opposing candidate around and try to get them on camera for every single event because that way it can be used for commercials or um, any sort of mail piece, whatever you're trying to do. So you have all those quotes on the record. Um, And then after that, I got an opportunity to work for the California Democratic Party at a time when um, Obama had just gotten elected. Digital media was a big deal, and the state party wanted to move in that same direction. So they hired me on as the digital content producer, and I was there for many years. um, And it was finally, I was finally ready for my next step. And I was, uh, I was at a fork in the road. Do I go and work for a consulting media firm or do I go and do I uh, follow the democratic values that I hold near and dear to my heart? And I chose to go work for a labor union. And I was at SEIU for many years doing communications and at a time when Janice versus AFSCME came out, an attack on public employees unions. Many years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in my short, relative, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In my short life, it's relative, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then once I saw the chance, the opportunity to work for CPF, um, it is for people that don't know the gold standard union uh, for the state. It is uh, held in high regard, and I saw the opportunity, and I thought this is the place I definitely want to be. And especially with uh, new leadership and new vision coming in, I thought it was a great time to make the move. It, it's interesting that you refer to CPF as the gold standard because obviously for me, since May, um, and having a lot more interaction um, at the Capitol, whether it's with legislators or their staff um, or lobbyists, I hear that repeatedly mm-hmm. that the CPF is the gold standard, whether um, they're referring to our legislative efforts, our political efforts, our print shop. Um, our video production, all of it. And one of the things that fell on me is um, that gold standard is is really set by our staff. It is a team, it's a team approach. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as a president, I'm elected and, and I guess I'm the visual mm-hmm. and um, the public voice, but everything that, that I do is developed with staff. And I think that's one of the things that our members may not really realize is is how committed and how dedicated the CPF staff is to the mission. Um, and so for me, Carol, one of the things, um, having the most tenure, and you and I probably are highest on the seniority <laughs> list as anybody sitting here at the table, Farah. <laughs> but um, when you're working Combined. with firefighters, local unions, um, whether it's a local issue um, – that's on a ballot or a crisis issue. What's what's one of the most important things that you want leader union leaders to understand about communicating the message? Well, first and foremost, I think the it's it's essential to um, understand 
how you want to frame something before you before you open your mouth in a public situation or in any kind of uh, communication situation. And uh, I, I guess the one rule of thumb that I always uh, – um, try to bring home in any situation, whether it's a legislative, whether it's a, a local political situation or a, uh, uh, a, an election is that your coin of the realm, as it were, as a firefighter is the image that you have of the people that are helping. And so everything that you do needs to sort of um, play to that, uh, uh, adhere to that strength and you need to stay on task and on target in the political campaign in a political campaign it means among other things not going negative not putting yourself in the situation where you look like the heavy because as long as you're the firefighters the uh, the uh, the gold standard I guess of images really I mean every poll says that firefighters are the most trusted uh, uh, voices as long as people see you in that context then you are golden if they see you as a politician or even in the in the uh, in the union context uh, you're still seen favorably but it's kind of less it's, it's, it changes that it changes that dynamic, and so first and foremost, um, it is always stay positive and always stay on the uh, on the folk keep the focus on public safety. Uh, whenever you're in a situation where you are um, communicating with the you know with the public on on a political issue, even if it's an issue that uh, where where it puts you kind of in. Uh, uh, at crosshairs with the with the city council, and even if it feels like it's just a, cam, a, a, a contract issue, the most important thing is to always make sure that your public safety bona fides are 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 on are on target, and that that's where that's that's kind of where you live. Um, there, because there's always a good public safety rationale for whatever it is. Um, that, that you're looking to do, but staying positive and staying on, uh, keeping the, po- the focus on what you do every day to help the public is what is, um, uh, is what's important. And I guess one other thing I'd say is it don't never stop looking for opportunities to build your image. I mean, even though firefighters are extremely popular, you never want to, to, uh, pass on opportunities. Don't be modest, <laughs> you know? Right. Toot your own horn, because um, because it helps in the long run, and it also uh, kind of uh, reinforces that you know, that public impression of the firefighters as being on the side. And of I've angels. found that um, I've worked with you really. Um, probably the most critical time was probably back two thousand three or four, mm-hmm. when when we had some um, really devastating issues locally, and part of it was the messaging, and and. <clears throat> And having this discussion and for our members to hear this, because this is one of the things I struggle with. Um, as a local union president, when you're speaking to council and, and when you, you're doing your things locally, you can be pretty professionally forceful. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have learned um, in the last several months, I, I always knew it, but you have to be, um, I don't want to say careful or selective, with your words, they, they have to be the right words because just the word, just the way you in, um, intonate it, any of those things can change the whole meeting and the whole meaning and the whole communications piece is, it is very critical. And it's made me, you know, stop and think, hey, don't come out, you know, 
ready to throw a punch. You need right. to come out and um, stay within your image and and the image of a firefighter. I don't care where you go in the state. It's eighty five percent approval or up. Right. And and I don't want to say we have to protect that. We have to work within that because people have an expectation of us, a standard. And right. it, it, I have a hard time with it. Right. And I know I drive you crazy with it sometimes. <laughs> but well, then on the other one, Farah. Um, Thinking back to the communication piece, how um, I, I know it's important. So that's a little bit of the question. How important is utilizing um, all of our communication platforms and then ideas to um, reach our newest members? Because we're having a huge turnover um, in the fire service. And for me, one of the, the things that, that I want to stress is that, you know, our local union leadership, understands and and they eat, live, breathe, local union, CPF, IAFF. How do we how do we filter that message down to the to the men and women that are on the tailboard? So when when they think of their job in the fire service or they think about what's going on in their city, they think of those three things, their local union, the CPF and the IAFF. How do we tie how do we draw them into that? Well, I think that's a really important question. I think it's the question that every time I go to a district meeting, it's the question I get from a lot of the locals that come up and they're just like, what do I do? You know, I've got all these young men and women and I have these social media platforms. I don't even know what to do. Um, so I think it's just going back to what Carol said, which is the tri- the tried and trusted rule of building your positive image. And for example, I would say that uh, one thing that I come across that I learned is that that a lot of departments or a lot of locals do fill the boot and um, and they give money to local charities. And I had no idea. And I think that's something that you can build upon, that that's something that the local does and just kind of build around uh, the whole fill the boot effort. Mm-hmm. And then as far as getting down to your younger members or your new members who might not even be aware that they're represented by a union, it's uh, basically being active on all the channels that they're on. And it's really difficult because there's so many channels now, but that's how people get their news now, you know, and they get it in little snippets, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I mean, even Snapchat I've seen. And it's important to be playing on a local on all those different channels. And it's just important to always stay positive, uh, whether it is a tax measure or whether it's a contract fight. I mean, of course, when it's a contract fight, you're going to be a little bit more stern. Uh, But it's just important to keep them informed all the time because that's what they expect from from the different channels that they follow, whether it's uh, now this or uh, a bunch of other new vice news or anything like that, which is where a lot of people are on, they expect to be constantly informed. So I would say that as a local, you want to be on those channels and you want to inform your followers multiple times a week. I don't expect people to do every day. If you're able to do every day, great. But if you can hit at least three to four posts a week on the different channels, I think you're doing a great job. And just kind of driving home that, you know, you have this contract, right, because your union fought for you. Or if you ever had a walkout at a local, you can always do flashback Fridays or anything like that. But just bringing back those union values on your channels. I've I've seen that and I try to watch Twitter and and, um, Instagram, not quite as much Facebook, but 
I really try to watch the locals, the ones that are active. And I, I really, you know, tip my hat to the ones that there's the things that people want to see. People love interacting with firefighters and they love seeing what you do. But uh, the locals that also put the message up about important staffing, um, about the importance of um, uh, good equipment, the, the safety messages, the firefighter safety and community messages and how they relate. It, it really is. It's a union value message, mm-hmm. but it, it it's more than just, you know, this is what we do. This is how busy we are. It's how you bring the staffing topic mm-hmm. into that so that when people read that, they, they realize, hey, there's a reason there's four people on this piece of apparatus. So there's a reason that there's two paramedics mm-hmm. on there. It's not because the boss was nice to you right. and thought, right. hey, I'll right. give this to you. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. their safety and it's your safety. And and you, the more of those type of messages that, that are all encompassing, the better. Right. And one of the things that you, you know, we, we've talked about a lot is that, is that, you know, there is a, there's a, there's a generation uh, of new firefighters that, that, that are coming up that, um, are experiencing their own kinds of, of uh, struggles politically, but they haven't been through those, you know, those wars. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and um, there was particularly uh, earlier on, perhaps in the decade and in the previous decade, a sense of, of I, I refer to it as reading their own press notices about 9-11 uh, and, and the sense that, uh, that this stuff was just coming to them because they were firefighters and they were great guys and everybody, everybody loves them. And all you have to do is look at situations where uh, in, uh, in Canada and Michigan and other states where they've let their political action or their, uh, their image building lapse – and the they they wind up paying for it because the things that they thought were just always going to be there suddenly aren't. Yeah. aren't. And if I may, I'm I'm close uh, close to the generation of these younger firefighters that are coming into the service, and there really is a basic lack of education of union values. You know, when I was in school. I learned about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, and that's it. I didn't learn anything about the modern union movement. And it wasn't until I got into my career that I understood how important these fights are and they're still going on. So I think there's just a lack of that basic education of how important unions still are and how we constantly are fighting to advance workers' rights and to make sure that we don't experience any takeaways like we've seen in those other states or in Canada. Yeah. It is, it's it's true. We are a little bit on the backside of the late seventies, eighties, when when really organized unions, public and private, were were decimated. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's sad and it's interesting to watch how we have um, developed as a workforce and how you know the average American's ability to earn is it's dropped down. And the type of jobs that were, were um, known in America, we built things, and we don't necessarily do that anymore. And w- we have lost that. It, it, um, growing up in a union household um, is not as prominent as it used to be. And if we don't teach um, or, I don't know, teach, educate our, our, our newest members coming in on the importance of being a union member, it's not all about democratic politics and being liberal and being conservative. It's about your wages, your working conditions, your health benefits, and your retirement. 
and trying to develop relationships politically, and I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican, if you support us on these issues, we're gonna we're gonna work with you and support you. Right. And it it there are so many issues um, coming at our members for their attention and time, and there it's a it's a big deal to separate your professional politics from your personal politics. And we all know that they don't always add up, but that's, you know, our jobs to educate Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's the members jobs to vote. Right. And, you know, there's always recommendations and it kind of saddens me when I see people get really wrapped around the axle and angry about where their union is or what they're recommending when it's, I understand the personal part of this and I understand the conflict and I'm not asking you to necessarily agree with with what your union's doing. It would make our job easier, but you've got to understand that side of it and how it works and how we got here and, and literally who's lining up and would take that away. And that's one of the things that I tell people, politicians, elected officials, they love us. They love us for the job they do we, that we do and what we're willing to do, but do not kid yourself. If they could replace you for a 10 or a $12 an hour employee, they would have done it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the reason they haven't is because of your union. Right. right. One more thing for Carol. So having been in the communications game and having worked with the CPF through some really highs and some really lows, if there was one thing that you could change as our communications director, whether it's short-term or long-term, what would that be? There was one thing I would change. Um, well, it's, it's, it's hard because there are a lot of things that we have with this organization that other organizations don't have. I mean, um, as a communicator, that are particularly beneficial to a communicator. As a communicator, very few, if any other unions in California, have a print shop downstairs uh, in the building that allow them to uh, uh, to communicate in that fashion and, and online. Um, even fewer have uh, full range video and audio uh, production facilities in the in house that that enable them to kind of extend their message uh, um, uh, as well. So we have uh, the firefighters in this in this state have uh, a lot of value added associated with uh, just with this organization, with the association uh, with this organization. I guess if I could um, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be for us to have um, kind of a, a fuller and uh, uh, and and more focused uh, conversation with our membership about just what you were talking about the, the the importance of union membership and the value the value of of what they get from their local union the value of what they get from CPF and IFF and the importance of being part of 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 a movement that uh, is about um, is about improving their lives and the lives of those that that they uh, that they serve and protect. Um, and uh, the uh, there are so many things that we are uh, 
that CPF is involved with that touch those issues, the behavioral health issue yep. and the, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, with our uh, healing our own platform, um, uh, the, um, the, just, the, just the issue of, of on-the-job injury, the issues of uh, making sure that uh, fire-based EMS is, uh, is considered the, you know, the most important part of, uh, part of it, you know, community paramedicine, all these, all these areas that are ultimately about you know, um, they're they're not just about protecting our workforce, but they're about protecting the the, the community that we serve and the the extent to which we could build an understanding that this is because of what your union does, and it's because of your involvement with the union that you have that seat at the table. Um, and that that's that preserving that is is the most important thing. I guess that's sort of the the one thing that's uh, we have so many different things that we're involved with. That's the one thing it would be nice to be able to have that even fuller conversation than what we've what we are able to have now. Farah, and before we close off, um, for you looking forward, um, especially in the communications piece and driving the message. Um, towards our membership, what, what do you, what's out there that we need to be looking at? What's out there that we need to um, begin to invest ourselves in as a CPF uh, moving forward to um, our, as far as our image, our message, what's there that we need to pay attention to? I think I want to start off by saying that there's actually a lot of hope out there. I was reading uh, recently that millennials are joining unions at an extraordinarily high rate, uh, higher than any generation in decades. So there is a desire out there to be organized and to be part of a union. So there's definitely hope out there. Um, And that's a great and exciting time for us to be in because we've seen such a retraction in so many uh, so many years before. So we're at this new point um, and uh, we we saw what happened with Janice versus Ask Me and people have always been writing the end of unions for uh, since unions started, you know. Um, and I think really it's just uh, going to our newer members and uh, just being there in their, I mean, for lack of a better word, in their face about what they have and why they have it. And it's because of a union. And it is using all the channels that are out there now. So the traditional channels are really important still, you know, newspapers, TV, mail is still really important. And we need to be and we are, uh, and we're ramping that up on the newer channels, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, maybe one day into Snapchat, if we see more and more, you know, that's a totally different generation that's on there now exclusively, you know, those are your 11 to 17 year olds, yeah, your 11 to 17 year olds, but they're going to be firefighters one day too. So just kind of keeping a pulse on how people are getting their information. Um, which is what we do in the communications department and to be able to play into in that arena and that's what we're doing constantly is how do we play in that arena how do we take an article that we wrote for the newspaper and play it in in our digital realm you know how do we make it attractive to someone to click on and read it and actually learn that learn what's going on so there is hope and uh we're really excited you know we're seeing a higher increase in um in younger people joining and there's a desire to learn about it and it's just a matter of getting that information out there to them carol farah i want to thank you and 
This podcast was brought to you by the California Professional Firefighters and the PER program, Personal Exposure Reporting. And for each of you out there, it's one of the most important things that you can do in in your career. It is inexpensive. You can either do it individually. Your local union could put it on the bargaining table to have um, uh, your municipality pay for it. But the most important thing, it's, it's a safety deposit box for you when you have those exposures, whether they're chemical, um, behavioral, biological, it gives you a place to um, fill out your exposure, who, what, where, when, and what kind of symptoms you had, and you'll have it on hand. Hopefully, it, the day never comes when you need it, but you'll have it. So for each of you out there, um, consider the personal exposure record through the California Professional Firefighters, and I thank each and every one of you, and we'll see you in about 30 days.